and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 164. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. I am back from death's... What, what is it? I, I'm so fucking actually still dead that I forget what it's called. Death's Doorstep? Is that what it is? Is it Death's uh, Doorstep? I, I guess think? Death's Door, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Death's Door. Yeah, yeah, I'm just sorry that I put the door stopper. That's why that game was called that? <laughs> was there a game called that? Yeah, Death's Door. My brain is Where you play right as now. the raven or whatever? Oh, the new one. Is yeah. that the new one? The old, like, Souls game with the fucking It came out a little while ago, yeah. Yeah, It's one okay. of the ones that I'd, like, I want to get to eventually, but I just haven't. Yeah. It's too many games. Uh, we're recording this uh, a good week or so before uh, this is actually released right now. Uh, we're recording, what, a day after, two days after uh, we recorded episode 163. Yeah, and we I did said that on I was, Friday, and it's uh, it's Sunday now. Yeah, we did it on Friday. We finished recording at like twelve thirty in the morning, and uh, or at night, whatever you want to call it. And the day after, I had to do a help someone in with a wedding report. Uh, I'm so see, I'm I'm so fucking done. Still. Dude, your weekend has been packed, and I was just like, why are you doing this to yourself? Because I hate everything. Uh, <laughs> I just hate myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I helped with the wedding proposal that literally took all day. And we also watched Spirited Away in the middle of it. I kid you not, that that actually happened. But I was really sore. I was in a lot of pain from like working out the day before that. Uh, the day we recorded, I was working out. Deadlifts will do that. And also Stairmaster and some other shit. And then oh, yeah. the day after, I'm like running around for this shit. Like legitimately like being fully like physically running everywhere and doing a bunch of crazy shit. So I'm like fully exhausted. I get home and I, I just died. And today I've been like very much just like semi-relaxing like i'm trying on suits for a wedding coming up next week trying on some outfits also for a con that's also next week and uh that's at the same place basically i'm doing them at the same it's a whole thing but uh did they plan that on purpose more or less like she kind of did and i appreciate her for it because she was like you should do do this thing at the same time and i'm like all right yeah you know what i will uh we're going to dragon con besides doing this wedding in atlanta that's why but uh i'm doing all this stuff i watched like a couple movies that we're actually talking about today and then like uh yeah i just did everything and i still feel i'm like i woke up kind of okay and now that it's like nighttime again i feel all of a sudden just drained like all my energy is not back yet and i need another night i need honestly i'm gonna do my best to sleep as much as i can the next few days before i fly to atlanta because i know once i'm there for seven days i'm gonna be like awake and all over the place, and then I'm gonna die. So I don't mm-hmm. even know if I'm gonna come back alive. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure what's gonna happen. And if I do sound insane or jumbly with words, it's because I'm still just destroyed. So this yeah, is lack, of, lack of sleep will do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, with this show, we talk what we watch and play, some select news. Uh, we did all our news last week since we recorded both these episodes last week. Um, so no news in this episode. It's going to be a lot shorter. Last episode, we had like, it's like two and a half hours. We talked uh, Gamescom, Destiny 2's Lightfall expansion, uh, some fucking DC movie delays, and our thoughts on like what's going to happen after with everything with the Trinity and shit. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong news. And then we talked uh, about the fourth season of Westworld. I uh, gave like a full rundown of that. Uh, whereas this episode, we're talking all watched stuff uh all themed around disney we're going to kind of like our bundle of disney we did last year where we talked yeah. what was it it was uh, ryan the last dragon mm-hmm. um luca 
Uh, I knew there was I know Jungle Cruise and Cruella. That's what it was. It was oh, those four. Right, yeah, it was right. like a mix. This one's all in. I literally kind of. forgot I watched Jungle Cruise. Yeah, it's not. That movie's so forgettable. It's, it's, it, it's not worth remembering, if I'm going to be honest. Cruella was good. Cruella was actually I think fucking that was the good. best one. Yeah, no, Cruella was the best of those four movies easily. Yeah. Uh, Luke was also forgettable. It was honestly Cruella and Raya were the good ones out of those four. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because it used to be, it'd be like, oh, it's a Disney movie. Everyone's going to be good. Now it's like, no. <laughs> and this time we have Encanto, Turning Red. Lightyear and Rescue Ra- Chippendales Rescue Rangers reboot movie bullshit thing that's not who frame Roger Rabbit yeah, but they think they are. It's like they call it a Rescue Rangers movie but it's not really. Yeah. It's just like it's, it has those not even characters it's like the actors that played the characters sort of. I think what's funny <laughs> we'll was uh you were very undecided on whether we should talk about this movie at all or even watch it. Yeah, and I'm like we could planning. just throw it in it should be fine. And what happened was, I'm thinking we're going to talk about that movie the least amount. And what's going to probably happen in this episode is that's probably going to take the longest amount of time because it has the most fucking shit to talk about, both good and bad, more potentially maybe bad. We'll see. Uh, And it's a very interesting thing, but we'll save that one for last. If we do have time, there's like one more Disney thing I might try to throw in, but it's only if we do have time. This will be like an hour and a half episode. An hour less than last time. Uh, we're not going to try to go past that. And uh, with that said, uh, let's just get right into it and start knocking these movies out, starting with Encanto. And, you know, I waited. This is, I think, pretty much all these movies I just waited for Disney Plus releases. I just didn't have yeah. time to go watch them in theaters when they all came out. I just out. watched it like a couple days ago for, for this show. I watched it in June. I think I was literally going to Disneyland and I'm like, hey, no, I'm just going to watch this before I go. Cause fuck it. Why not? Mm. And uh, I was like dying in my bed, just watching it like, Oh, what a interesting movie. But uh, this is like right before I had COVID guys or pretty much when I was getting COVID. So that's why I was like, I feel weird. Uh. <laughs> um, but pretty much like, uh, I guess what I got in my notes here. Uh, first off was the I guess the music you know we know it's done by Lin-Manuel Miranda who's done Hamilton and oh, stuff oh neat and I forgot about that yeah and I remember along when they first hinted at this movie they showed like a a piece of just like kind of the environment like the trees the house and stuff and that's all they showed and they just said like pretty much like it's being worked on with like Lin-Manuel Miranda on the music and everything else and they're like it's called Encanto and that's all we knew in the very beginning but uh, you know, this has a full set of a full soundtrack by him, and it was okay. It wasn't like yeah. phenomenal music or anything like that. At least that I felt. Um, I don't know how'd you feel about the music. Really, I thought it was fine. I think the the song I liked the most was probably like I. There were so many characters, and I'm terrible with names, so I forget most of them. But like the strong sister, mm. like I liked her song where she's all just like. I'm super strong, but inside I'm incredibly fragile and terrified all the time of failing. And I was just like, I can relate. I can absolutely relate to that. Yeah, this song was like, I think I enjoyed it for 20 seconds. And then for some reason, I got tired of it. It just Mm -hmm. got kind of repetitive really fast for me personally. But I think um, for me, and her name, I think was that was Louisa. I think that was her sister's name. I think like for me, it wasn't the music of this movie that I liked the most. It was just like. 
I like the visual aesthetic. Like it was so colorful. Oh yeah, like, very much. Just so. really fun to watch for sure. Yeah. And, like really creative that the house was like alive and able to have like such perfect control over its like floorboards and shit that it can like get their shoes for them and whatnot. Yeah. No, I, I think so too. Yeah. But uh, for me, the music, I most of it honestly was kind of forgettable or just I don't want to listen to again. Uh, yeah. The only one I did actually like, which I was surprised I liked because I think it became very viral, was um, We Don't Talk About Bruno. Yeah, dude, that one stuck in my head for sure. And it was more like, it because it's such a multi-voiced song where you have multiple different characters singing it. So I think the issue I had with it was, I en- like I enjoyed it overall for the most part. But there were parts where I just kind of be like, I don't want to listen to this person singing in the song. I want to mm. like there were specific parts where I'm like, I like these people singing, but I, I'm not really that fond of these people singing. And yeah. I think it's primarily sung by Isabella's like her aunt, uncle and cousins, if I remember. Oh, and her yeah, sister. For the most part. And her sister, Isabella. And it was really funny that one of the like cousins was a shapeshifter and he could just, like literally turn into Bruno. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. good. I think her her sister's Isabella's part of the song was probably the worst part. Because it's like, and I'm like, all right, yeah. that's great. Uh, the aunt and uncle were okay. The two I actually liked the most in the song was actually the cousins where it was, um, what, what was their names again? Was it Camilo and uh, Dolores, I want to say? Camilo was the shapeshifter one because his was like very yeah. like, six foot tall and it was like oh, that was yeah. good that was very that was like i think the the better part of the song and then hers was like the where her, she's like i think i just like dolores as a character because hers was like the very like quiet like whispering and she's like the like, one was super hearing yeah and the way she liked uh sang in the song was actually really enjoyable uh because i felt like his was just like very masculine and just like legend sounding because he's telling a story Whereas hers is just like much more quiet and those two nuances together really worked well. Whereas everything else, I'm just kind of like, okay, okay, you know, angry weather and a dude that doesn't have powers. But I liked when his son imitates him where uh, (laughs) he's like, I don't talk like this (laughs) or some shit. Uh, But honestly, those two characters were probably my favorites in general anyway, because they were really fun. But I don't really have anything else on the music. Uh, Like I said, it's... well, I guess really fast just with Disney music in general, because the other three movies don't really... Pixar is not a musical type of movie. Like, they don't make musical movies like Disney animation does. No. But um, aside from this, like, uh, I don't remember any music of interest in Raya, which was, I think, the last Disney animated feature. But when was the last time you felt like there was, like, Disney animation music that really got you? Literally, like frozen like one or two because two i, I will Pro- say two pro- probably the first one ironically enough i think two had a better specific really? song uh like, into watched... the unknown when they also do the cover by radiohead oh, okay. oh no not okay. radiohead um sorry panic at the disco i'm so fucking yeah the panic at the disco uh into the unknown cover is actually really good i thought that was like the last good one but yeah uh, you know let it go into the unknown i think actually frozen two had that weird like rock song the love rock song by Seven, yeah, it has which some good felt actually it, sure. very, <laughs> it didn't fit with the movie at all. You're just kind of like, what, what the fuck's happening? Are we in like a weird music yeah. video now? But yeah, um, but yeah, I think yeah. like besides Frozen, was there anything else? 
Maybe like, Tangled? I think. Well, that was even farther ago, wasn't it? Yeah, but that's like the last time, I think. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, the last... Oh, fuck, Moana. Oh, Moana's got what? good songs, actually. I have to admit, I still have not watched Moana. What? So, oh, dude, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's no, just... People keep telling me it's amazing, and I just literally dude, keep it's Star Wars. It yeah, no, the <laughs> Moana is straight up just the first Star Wars movie. It's just like, okay. hey, you got to go with this dude that's like this scoundrel type guy and basically go fight this thing that's really big. Also, there's like some forest ghosts here that talk to you and they're blue people. And yeah, just use the force and shit. It's straight up just Star Wars. It's just like Hawaiian Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Or sorry, not Hawaiian. It's, but it's like Pacific Islander Star Wars. Yeah. No, I'm okay. not even. It, it's, it just really is. Yeah. I'm not even. It, it really I'll find time to watch it then. Yeah. I mean, I, people have been telling me it's really good for a while. Anyway, I, I still like it. I liked it a lot, but it, that's what it it's is. It's definitely like the last handful of Disney movies, though. There have not been like too many like musical numbers that I yeah like stick out to me. If do you like Flight of the Concords? Yeah. Uh, there's the there's a one of their songs is in Mono more or less. Oh point. yeah. Okay. I, I you think got me. so. <laughs> I, I think honestly, I think they they do have a song that's kind of like that in there. But anyway. Uh, in Canto, uh, pretty much the story felt very much pegged around expectations of others, mental health, and knowing what oh, yeah. one can do slash who they are. Um, that was pretty much like the armitage of the movie or like the what the focus of it is, the thesis of the film. Yeah. And I'm starting to I, like, it's, it is really feeling more and more, I don't want to say obvious or just, I guess, current because maybe it's just because we're adults and we're more aware of what they're doing and it feels like it's very much with current events uh yeah. especially like we see this we see that with like light year and stuff even with more to an extent even turning red um but yeah no i mean movies have been doing that for like a long time though it's just using the medium to comment on modern problems and yeah try to coax people to coming to the right conclusions in their own time and stuff like that. You don't really think about it as a kid. It's like when you're a kid, you watch yeah. Treasure Planet. It's just like, hey, father figures. And you're just like, I love treasure in space. Yeah. And then you, you're older and you come back and you're like, oh, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Uh, I thought I thought it was, honestly, they did a good job with it. Yeah, I did love that they, the family home was literally breaking because people were trying to like, keep all their problems secret into themselves because they didn't want to like bother the the rest of the family with them and then it's just like the house and like everything shattered because they just didn't do that yeah and then once they did him uh like fix the or talk about their problems and you know understand each other everything got fixed again so it's pretty like on the nose but it's definitely like a really nice message for sure all right, but for so for this story and pacing for me, I could be wrong, but or at least this is just what I felt. I mean, obviously you could look at the time, like the amount of uh, hours the movie was. It was like around two hours, I want to say, like an hour and a half to two hours. But when I was watching it and it's going through, I'm like, why does this movie feel like it's just really either really, really fast or just really, really short? It didn't feel long at all. Like it felt like it was just done uh, already. I think because like it takes place literally like in just in a house. Yeah, and even, like, the surrounding town was, like, not that large because they they literally, the way the setting is set up, I guess, when the town was created, there was, like, these like, really tall mountains formed all around to, you know, protect the area. 
so no one could leave. So, yeah. and I again, I forget the name character, the ma- the name of the main character. But oh, like, it was uh, Mirabelle. Mirabelle, she couldn't really go on like this epic adventure like you see in like Raya uh, or you know most of the other movies. Moana does it too. Like they're all different. Yeah. They go, or even like Elsa and Anna, they all go to the different destinations in the past three Disney films, I guess. Yeah. So like the most adventurous thing she does in this movie is like. Go into go a part of the Bruno's house that room. no one else knows about. Yeah, it's like a tower that's like absurdly tall for some reason. Yeah, very much true, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I guess most other movies never even do that. I think the only other one that might is like, what, the old Cinderella movie maybe? That's about yeah. it, where she's just stuck in that house. But, but yeah, that, like, it's kind of crazy. The plot, though. Yeah, this is probably the most limited setting Disney film we've actually gotten potentially if i really think about it uh not a bad thing it's just like i said it just made it feel fast or short like if you want to go with one of those two uh directions but not that it was bad like i said just that's the feeling i got from it yeah Um, it felt like a very short ride uh the animation of course you know very colorful very poppy It, it felt very much in tune like having watched raya what last year and then watching this this year, it felt very much on par. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, these are like, the, this is like the same people, same studio doing this. Uh, it doesn't feel like they advanced from where they were with Raya. It felt just kind of the same, which isn't bad. But like, you could definitely feel the vibrancy that they utilize with the colors, with everything going oh, on yeah. there, for sure. Um, so the characters were enjoyable for sure like i think uh each one had their purpose more or less and you know mirabelle was a good character you feel sorry for as her past like entails the hardships her grandma bestows upon her kind of like that traditionalist and especially like certain families certain ethnic families too you do get this feeling i've seen it with some friends too where uh there is this shit uh occurring where you know there's so many expectations for family members or they will visibly, visibly play favorites. Like, I have a friend Mm. where his grandmother had, like, multiple pictures of his sister and not him. Like, you could tell who the favorite was. Yeah, it's like, these things occurred. uh, And this was very much show with this. uh, And it is, honestly, it is like a cultural thing. It's it's very selective. But uh, with Mirabelle, you do feel you do feel bad for her. You're just like, damn, this girl's not special. She doesn't have anything going on with her compared to like the others, or she's not exceptional. She's like yeah. average compared to them. She's like trying to help the family as best she can, but she doesn't have like a superpower or anything. Yeah, and uh, all the other characters, you know, like each one has their power. The only ones that don't are pretty much all the male, the the fathers in this one because it's the. Yeah. The two children of the grandmother are both the daughters and then Bruno, who has no extension of like their family, whereas like, you know, yeah, he a... he got like the power of prophecy and yeah. he had like a bad vision and was like, I'm going to disappear now and just like started living in the walls straight up with the mice. Uh. Yeah. And what's fun, you know, like you look at all the cool powers and it's like. I don't think the grandma has a power. She just kind of gets the yeah. house and then like gives birth to the kids who all have the powers. And yeah, like you said, Bruno is prophecy. Uh, Mirabelle's mother is uh, healing uh, yeah, through, through food. food. That yeah, was hilarious. Really cool. I love that. 
the the her aunt i forget the aunt's name i think it was um peppa uh hers is weather control she's basically storm but it's like based off her mood so she's constantly just like having to be like don't get don't get angry don't get angry which actually i think uh it's i would say mirabelle uh isabella uh luisa and also peppa are the four that you kind of see with um all the issues going on because it's very like you can kind of see with peppa she's like the earliest version of like the effects potentially she gets from like i guess expectations because you could see how it affects her uh fortitude just by seeing how she is with the weather and how just like how much it changes just like that so quickly um whereas like louisa has all the expectations so she's always trying to perform as best as she can when it's like too much for her but she's also incredibly strong so you never she's the last one you expect to have issues whereas isabella ironically enough is like perfect and it's just like you know what how much i love that song actually like her oh the isabella flower song yeah finally being like Maybe I don't have to be perfect. I can just do whatever I want and do some cool shit. And she make makes like a cactus, and, right? Yeah. And some like plants that like do like super bright, colorful, like dust clouds and stuff. That was like actually really cool. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Um, especially because she's like, I could be dirty kind of like she, she yeah. very much until the uh, abuela was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It was <laughs> once Louisa realizes something's wrong with her, she just starts breaking down emotionally. Just like, oh, yeah. you know what she reminded I'm me of strong. she reminded me of um dodgeball when they fight the when they play the girl scouts and they're like um, they're disqualified for use of steroids and there's like the really big girl. it's like damn it bernice yeah. <laughs> and like one beaver tranquilizer <laughs> yeah, fucking beaver tra- <laughs> yeah but um yeah louisa was funny and i, I it, it's funny to watch her carry like six donkeys and the donkeys are just kind of like, yeah, this is kind of what happens to us. But, uh, yeah, you get all these characters and, like, the little the little cousin gets communication with animals. Like, he basically is Liza Thornberry, more or less, yeah. uh, that occurs there. And there's, like, always a capybara throughout this movie now that's just like, oh, I'm a capybara. I'm just here doing my thing. Dude, like, I love when... Uh the kids like why don't you just use my room and like the they bring the mice from like inside the wall and the jaguar or whatever like almost eats one of the mice he's just like real quick he's like don't eat that <laughs> jaguar's just like oh it's like come on man uh, uh yeah so how did you i guess like for the characters were there any that stuck out to you or were there any that you favored like which one was your um, top characters in this one I mean, I think like the only reason why I remember Bruno's name so much is because there's literally a whole song that just kept saying his name over and over again. But like, I liked the shapeshifter. I thought he was funny, like doing shit like uh, shapeshifting into one of his like family members so he can get seconds for breakfast. Oh, that was hell. Oh yeah, and it's like he's talking uh, to her. She's talking to. Uh, she thinks she's talking yeah. to um, uh, the hearing one or the, uh, with uh, super hearing in. Then the shapeshifter's dad's like, "Stop impersonating your aunt." Yeah, that is Dolores. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She thought she was talking um, Dolores the whole time. And then yeah, I, I really liked Louisa, the strong one. I thought she like her. I, I thought she was really funny. And I I don't know which uh, which power did you favor? Uh, honestly, probably the super strength. <laughs> okay, 
Yeah. I I think the two the my favorite characters were probably Bruno. Well, my top character is probably Dolores, then Camilo, then Bruno. Uh, Bruno, of course, ironically enough, well, not ironically enough, but it was funny because multiple people have now told me, they're like, oh my God, you could be Bruno. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like, once, you know, when you see me with my hair down, I guess uh, it kind of does match. I just have to shave a little bit and make yeah. everything more sparse. I think the thing I liked the most about Luisa was just like, the ta- even the town was like, hey, can you move heavy shit for us, please? Like the whole church. Yeah. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the fucking Padre was uh, bald. <laughs> he was wearing a wig yeah. the whole time. That was pretty good. But uh, yeah, Bruno's uh, Bruno's cool. He was funny, uh, and I you know he, I felt bad about him most because like his expectations of just like yo I keep ruining everyone's life just by because they asked me to yeah. use my power. My power is just bad luck. Um, Camilo I enjoyed because he was just fucking hilarious with his shape shifting, and yeah. then Dolores I enjoyed uh, as a sound designer. She was my favorite because it's like oh super hearing. Yeah. Uh, I would love that even more than my current hearing. If I had super hearing, I'd be like, oh, cool. I could be like a fucking deer and be like, uh, whenever I hear anything. But- like, I love the whole thing where it's like, oh, I didn't hear anyone talk about the magic going away, but I did hear Luisa's eyes twitching. Yeah, she heard nervous I, about Luisa's something. eyes twitching and she could hear. She's like, I could hear Bruno. It's crazy. It's like he's not he's far, but he's not that far. And it's like he's been in the house the whole time so she could hear him. All the time just talking to himself and to the mice. She would have had to, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I put on my favorite sitcoms in the for the mice and the <laughs> shit. But uh, she, uh. you know, her, I think also I love Dolores because she had that little thing of just like, eep. like she had that little like uh, squeak. Yeah. And that was the funniest shit when uh, Minabelle and her father are talking and it's like no one knows. And you just hear, eep. And you look and she's like, oh, she's going to tell everyone. She's like, I know. (laughs) She's trying so hard. Like Mirabelle's looking at her and she's like, and she's just like, it's just like her dad being like, we tell no one. (laughs) And and she finally tells her brother and he like coughs and like shapeshifts into like three different people because he's so like taken aback by it. it. Those were. I think those are like the best parts of the movie where it was like, yeah. with that stuff. Um, yeah, dude, yeah, that shapeshifter was like fucking hilarious. Yeah, but those two for sure are my favorite characters. Um, aside from that, honestly, I thought it was funny looking at the the voice cast for this. Uh, you know who was Bruno? No, who? John Luigizamo. Fucking Luigi, dude. What? Yeah. Oh my god. And uh, I can totally hear that now, dude. It was I, I cracked up. Yeah, when when you find out, because it's like the last thing he was in that I noticed he was in was in John Wick, because he's like the car mechanic. And you remember he like oh shit, up. right? Yeah, he's in it. Um, Stephanie Beatrice is Mirabel. That's uh Rosa in or Diaz in um oh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, oh, interesting. So I was cracking up with that. Uh, the wow. other big ones in this were um, well, I think those are like the two. Oh. Isabella is Diane Guerrero, who's in uh, Orange is the New Black. She's also in uh, Doom Patrol and stuff like that. She's, uh, huh. yeah. You know, who, you know, Crazy Jane in Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so she's in those. So I'm like, I'm looking at all these crazy, uh, the, like those three specifically really like were the big cast there that I was cracking up. Uh, this I didn't know about. Alan Tudyk played a toucan. Really? Yep. So there's the one white guy in this uh, in the Weird. casting here. <laughs> I don't remember the toucan ever actually speaking. I don't remember a toucan. I was so well, there... I was focused on the the fucking rats, the capybara, and the jaguar. I was not. Well, the toucan was like the toucan. first thing that showed up. The the kid was like, "Oh my god, I can understand you." 
Oh, that's why. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't remember that part uh, specifically. But it didn't speak English. It just was like clicking its beak and he was just like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You can invite all the rest of your friends and then like all the other animals showed up. Uh, otherwise, you know, this movie is cool. It wasn't like, I don't think it's an exceptional Disney no. animated film, but it's like there. It's worth a watch. It's yeah, entertaining. It's so. just not like worth maybe a, a rewatch. I know kids. A while. I know, you know, kids love it. Uh, it's easily oh, like sure. most Disney movies at any time will probably be amazing to a kid because that's their generation's yeah. big thing, even though Pocahontas and all those other ones are much better. But, you know, that's just me. Uh, but yeah, that was Encanto. Next up, Turning Red. So this movie I was expecting to be kind of whatever. I wasn't thinking it was going to be that good. It's just a giant red panda Dude, they like, had me at giant red panda though. I, I know, but like, I'm thinking like we just what would this is the first, this is like the last non theatrical pandemic era Pixar movie. Remember we got yeah. Let's look at the timeline here. We have Onward, we have Soul, we have Luca, we have oh my God, yeah. Onward was like right at the beginning yeah, of the pandemic. Onward Soul, all right. Onward Soul Luca. Was it Turning Red next and then Lightyear? Was it these five? Yeah. Is there any other one I'm missing? I don't think so, right? That was all of them? Was that was Raya not one of them? That was Disney Animation. These are just Pixar. Oh, just just Pixar. Yeah, um, just Pixar. Then that, that's maybe that's it? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. Majority of these movies weren't that exceptional. Like, uh, Soul, the biggest thing was just like the lighting they did in the movie. Um, Onward was fine. I, it w- there was nothing really special about it. They were just kind of like, hey, check out the monsters and stuff. I thought the horse yeah, with the long was hair funny. was funny. Uh, Luca was probably the least interesting of them, all of them. And we'll talk about Lightyear in a bit, but turning red, I'm going to be honest, out of these five, I was not... Ex- the one I least suspected was probably the best of these five movies. Uh, I yeah. really enjoyed turning red. I cracked up about turning red. Turning red was more mature than I expected because it oh, was yeah. more real than I ever expected it to be. And I compared to my Encanto notes, I got a lot more notes for Turning Red. So like, dude, all the characters are so funny. Like I loved her like super hyper friend. <laughs> oh, very much so. You know, it's funny too. Like uh, I didn't even look at my notes yet. And my first note is probably my favorite of the COVID era Pixar movies out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all right. I definitely identified with the era as the characters aligned with our age that uh, the time was so well, like it pulled off the early 2000s really, mm. really well, even though if it was Canada, because like, you know, it's like it's fucking Did Canada. Did they even have like an NSYNC boy band? Yeah. And though there it's like Canada. <laughs> Dude, I also love it. Yeah, it was a Canadian yeah. setting. You you don't get all the, I think because it is Canada at that time, it's missing that one key American thing during that time, which is a f- fuck Middle Eastern people. Like that was that whole era. Like when this movie is going on, you have to understand guys. And I am Middle Eastern. That's the whole thing uh, is at this point, we are in pretty much, I think this is taking place either between or right after the second war. So we already have nine 11. We already have the war in Afghanistan and it's either before or after it's either before or during the war in Iraq now uh, going on. And as someone in Middle Eastern, I remember hearing all this shit when I'm little, like everyone just like even friends, parents being like, yo, they should just nuke Iraq. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude? like <laughs> I have what? family like right next to there. Let's not do that. And it was just a very, 
you know, as a kid, I got to not deal with a lot of it. But when you hear about a lot more, there's like attacks on Middle Eastern people, a lot of Middle Eastern businesses closing and all this other shit. But, you know, that's just that era for stuff. This is Canada. So you don't get any of that shit. Instead, it's very much like, oh, here's Tamagotchis. Here's uh, Boy Bands Like Sync. Here's um, there's no phones yet at this point. It's very much just like this different era. And it's this era we know so well because pretty much these girls are on par with our age at that time growing up and it feels so connective for us because the whole thing i think is the team that's making this the team of people are pretty much our age that are doing this so i can see they're, that they're like bringing back that era and it felt really it felt really good to kind of see all that going on um so it's definitely a nostalgic feeling for sure even though again we're not even from canada but it's like i could feel the time i guess minus the other uh, the, the shit you just pointed out yeah and and they talk like normal i mean like they they, they talk like normal english in terms of like north american style i guess yeah. you'd say not american but there is no like oh yeah i'm from canada oh boy yeah i like, wasn't like super thick about the aboot and stuff like yeah that. i think it's because it is in like an urban area i feel like that is more like a rural thing potentially maybe or like more of a middle canada maybe. area i could be wrong i fucking i need no to do more travel Canadian like i need to use some vacation time to actually see different parts of the world so i can actually know that shit <laughs> you know i think it's ironic for me is like i went to like greece and italy when i was in high school and i've been to like bermuda and stuff and i've done that and i'm like i, I still haven't been to mexico or canada yet i'm like that's kind of weird like i've been to europe but not yeah. my the other countries in north america and there's only three countries in north america so you know that says a lot i feel like I but, need to get a passport. <laughs> yeah you should get a passport passports are nice uh, uh so if i need to flee the country <laughs> I think what this especially did was this out of any Disney film in a long time was this film. I felt I could wa I could see the emotion, like really see the yeah. emotion and the facial expressions in this movie really sold it. Like I was cracking. Dude, I love the animations in movie. this. Like the especially the yeah the facial animations like it the characters were so expressive it was hilarious. So good. Like, Fucking May. Dude, May's expressions were phenomenal in this movie. Amazingly dude, like, I love, so. I love the moment where she's like in the bathroom and she like turns into the giant panda thing and there's like someone in one of the stalls and she just like full on palms the face and just like go back into the stall please. <laughs> like that shit was hilarious. And yeah, then when like her friends find out, they're not like freaked out or anything. Just like one of them, like literally the hyper one is like, "You're so fluffy." <laughs> oh, the the short one, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude, she was fucking funny. Dude, I think oh my she was god. my favorite of the Yeah, I know characters. she was great. Oh my god. She was so Oh god. I think I was trying to figure out her accent for the for the longest time. I think someone told me she was Filipino. I could be wrong, but I mm. think she was. Um and yeah, she was fucking hilarious. And I think the best part about it was her height compared to the other girls. She's like yeah. so short, but she's like the most aggressive, I guess yeah. you would say, too. It's it was pretty good. Uh, the hug killed me. So when I say the hug, there is a specific hug in this movie that had me dying. And it's when they first, they sneak into her room when she was like stuck there as a panda and they find out she's a panda. And before they could freak out, she literally like envelopes all of them. And you literally just hear the muffled choking. Just like, oh, oh. Yeah. And you just see their legs kind of like struggling, the little like legs and shit. That was so good. Like this movie, 
I think, you know, the reason why this is probably the best Disney Pixar movie or whatever you want to like Pixar movie for sure. Disney movie, um, easily too, just in the animated department in general is because the amount of emotion here. So there's like a little baby spider, like right here, just like hanging in front of me. It's really <laughs> funny, but the amount of emotion in this movie is just, re- I'm just going to hang on little buddy. Let me just put you down over here. Yeah. Okay? Well, that's like, here you go a whole part of this movie is like may having to like try to keep a hold of her emotions. Cause any, like, it's not like the Hulk where just, she turns mad, she turns into the Panda, any strong emotion, uh, like turns her into the Panda. And it's like, I don't know if you remember going through puberty, it's kind of hard to control your emotions. Yeah. Like, and dude, like the scene where her mom shows up with like the box of tampons and she's like, you forgot your tampons. And I was just like, it's just like, no. what have you done? that's, that is. So before I knew cringe was a word, there was, I, I never could understand what that feeling was when you're a kid and you have this secondhand embarrassment. It's not yeah. you getting embarrassed about something you But you can empathize you and you're like, if you yeah. were in that position, like you could feel, and I was like, oh my God, that would be like the most embarrassing fucking thing And there's stuff at that, like that age. in all like types of movies and shows that occur. And as a, as a kid, you're watching it and you, it feels so uncomfortable to watch. And mm-hmm. that was like, she's dead. She just died. Her mom was like, and it's like, like socially yeah. just destroyed and i felt so bad like yeah and then like the rest of the movie like the whole message of this one was basically like you don't have to like bend over backwards to um live up to your parents expectations basically like be what you want to be yeah be whatever you want to be like you don't have to be what the world says you should be just make sure and, you communicate with them i guess more yeah or less. and again that like that's a very important message for young people to learn like yeah especially early on hopefully yeah no i i agree very much so with that one and it's like you know we, we talked about already one friend but they're so it's such an odd group of girls and they're all each just really funny because you have the girl i forget all their names but the one with the glasses she's just like yeah oh yeah you gotta do this like she's just kind of she almost feels gothy or emo. yeah she was very like mute like in yeah. her uh emotions but it was like a really funny deadpan delivery like i i'm one of those people that like deadpan deliveries like really plays out or plays well for me it, it goes a far way and then like her the girl that's more or less her i, I gotta look up their names sorry but like, yeah I'm, the, I'm doing that too the the girl that's uh more or less her best friend and she like finds out that her mom that uh may's mom doesn't even like her and she's like wait your mom doesn't like me like the whole whole time she's like freaking out like i can't believe i think it was miriam abby and priya so priya was the girl with the glasses abby was the short one miriam was the best friend with the yeah the the tall one with the hoodie yeah yeah and yeah these girls are just fun and the whole way they like react and everything else they're like we want to see this boy band we think this red panda is adorable and the fact that they're able to monetize Dude, i love that they immediately monetize it they don't try to keep it a secret they're just like no everyone wants a picture with a giant cute panda we're doing this it's so fucking good and i love one of the girls was like i knew it the one that got pushed into the bathroom yeah like that was great she's like i'll pay money and like immediately their eyes turn into fucking money which yeah, is even like, better they're just like oh wait we could do that right <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, it was so fucking good. Oh, my God. And then um, 
the it's like the the themes of a girl coming to age hitting puberty while also igniting her own personal identity and leaving the imprint of her mother is very much visible you never question what the movie is about like the, sorry that's what i wrote but yeah the whole well, it's also like i love that moment of like they're acknowledging that may is like growing up and growing apart from her mom but like that doesn't mean that they have to be entirely separate yeah like i like that and with it like seeing all the pu- so seeing all the puberty here they don't really shy away from it at all and it's to the point where if there's a little kid watching they still don't understand kind of like half the stuff that's going on possibly uh, you gotta be the in right terms age of the innuendos sure. and stuff yeah and it's even like you know as a kid you're watching even certain disney movies and you don't get it and then you're older and you come back and you're just like <gasps> the Disney movie was talking about sex yeah. or, or something like even like fucking when you look at brave uh her parents like fergus is like smacking his wife's ass and shit and as a kid he's like ha 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 and there's an yeah. old you're like yeah <laughs> i got what they're doing uh but th- this one has a lot where definitely if you're because obviously disney movies are for all ages but it's going to be elementary middle schoolers that are probably watching it the most and middle schoolers watching this are probably going to very much identify with it. Oh, yeah. A lot. Because that is middle school is that fucking era of puberty. So that's going to be really big for them. Elementary schoolers are just going to enjoy a giant fucking red panda. And then high it's schoolers gonna be one are going to be like, that, oh, I they're just, just like this. This is exactly what I'm going through right now. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Even high schoolers will either be, I'm still going through this or I just went through this. Yeah. And they're definitely going to identify with it. So. And every, it's a thing that had occurred, so now everyone that's kind of gone through it will, can still identify with it, even if they are an adult. Yeah. And it's probably very much appreciative. At that point, it believes in the nostalgia thing of like, oh, I remember going through that. Yeah, or even being like a, a fucking immigrant child. Or not an immigrant child, but like a, a child of an immigrant, like a second, yeah. uh, second Like the gen. expectations of like, you have to do better than, yes. than on my generation. And stuff it, like it's such a big thing there. And this movie just, I think, another reason why this movie is so good is it's so easy to understand it is so mm-hmm. easy to follow there they don't have to spell out spell it out for you it's so i think visually aware so you don't even yeah. have to even it's a great because like that's a thing when we get to light year that i'm gonna complain about that like that one felt like they had to like spell out the message for you yeah but definitely for turning red it's just like you get it and, you know, you're in a theater maybe and you're watching a movie and, you know, there's all the time where there's that one person or you're on the couch on this movie and the one person turns to you and goes, what does that mean? What does that mean? Turning yeah. around, I feel like, is that movie where they'll never have to ask. No one will ever have to ask. It's everyone I think it's understands the, it. The subject is so relatable that, like, yes. everyone is either, like, again, unless you're too young to have started going through puberty, like, you're either going to be like, this is exactly what I'm going through right now. I've feel better knowing that i'm not alone in this like phase of a uh, phase of life or you're older and you're like i remember going through that like everyone has that experience and then the other big thing that, that made this really a movie this movie that stood out to me and also just really further reinforced its quality was how mature it was like really mm-hmm. fucking mature like it's honestly things that older animated films used to do a lot but they were more allowed like there's movies that are pg that are like live action like spaceballs spaceballs of pg and they said fuck in it and you don't question it for one second and this kind of brings that era back 
where there's words you don't really feel like they say in a lot of kids shows and movies where they feel very much just like that doesn't follow like our company's message to kids or you know like we're very much like we the worst we're gonna say is doo-doo head like they don't want to say anything wrong whereas this one says crap and sexy and it goes along with maturity mm. of like modern day animated films that never do this anymore and the language in this that they say they say a lot of things that i like dude when was the last time you heard crap in a kid's movie even like they'll say crud but when was the last time dude even marvel crap? movies and stuff like every time someone's about to say like the f word they just like cut away real quick yeah they might say like it's shit implied. or something but yeah it's th- this really did such a good job where i'm like this is a blueprint movie for the next like the current era of animated films that they could really draw from this and be like hey you know what do you remember all these shows and movies we used to show kids that that kind of showed us when we were kids where it was somewhat mature it wasn't like stupid turn your brain off stupidity like fucking teen titans go or something and it's like oh the kids actually pay attention to it like they actually are learning from it and it is something like they could really cope with and whatnot like look at the justice league animated series fucking plot it's like this whole connected thing where it's actually really fucking political and shit and as a kid you're just so intrigued by it but now they don't do that anymore they uh, turning red treats kids like they're smart it treats them Mm -hmm. like they can understand something and if they don't they can come back when they're older and understand it and be like oh my god i get it this is really smart it reminds you that people are smart even when they're little and that it's just a very it's a movie that respects the viewers i think that's what i'm trying to say too yeah um but yeah it's so it's yeah it's surprisingly great this movie is surprisingly great how how much great shit they've done with it yeah i think you're right that like out of these four movies we're going to talk about it's probably my most the one i enjoyed the most i think also it's probably I think it's better than any animated film from like the Disney area since like, like the other ones I think I have enjoyed a lot, but like at least like original things, like maybe in terms of originality, uh, I think Coco is the only other one and maybe. Um, yeah. I oh, think that, yeah. No, Coco was uh, had like some great songs, but even everything else, like even like Frozen 2, Moana, Mo- like I said, Moana is cool, but and it's got great songs, but it's just Star Wars. Like, yeah. Frozen Moana, Tangled, like all these movies are fine, but this one in terms of its messaging, this is probably the best movie in the last decade of Disney animated films. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Like, I think it's that good. Um, but right. Yeah, that's just me. Uh, other aspects, you know, it's great the way the mother reacts through everything, how crazy she is. Just like the fucking dude Turns that just like works. Kaiju the... bear. Kaiju <laughs> bear. You didn't tell me her panda was that big she fights off the like dude that just works at the school like hey you can't be here and she's just yeah. like get away from me <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck is happening uh the her maze like extended family like with her grandma and her aunts and stuff uh how funny that was and when they all turn into pandas and stuff that was oh uh, yeah um but yeah no it was, it was just a good time and i'm glad that no one attempted to poach a giant red panda girl and you know take that you know yeah. in this modern world i'd be like oh no the coca-cola company's kidnapped you look out yeah, definitely one at least one person would get that idea yeah so maybe that was the only unrealistic part mm. <laughs> was how society would really react but you know great movie i had a great time with it i was very yeah. happy with it 
Next up, oh boy, Lightyear, uh, which, you know, when they first announced this, I was very just like, do we need this though? Yeah, like, it, from the necessary? get-go, I was like, that's a weird idea. Interesting, but weird. I think what made me feel extra strange about it was, you know, after Toy Story 4, they're like, this is our last Toy Story movie. We're done. And also like Incredibles 2, they're like, we're not doing any more sequel movies because, you know, I guess they were they like we had Toy Story 4, Cars 3, Incredibles 2. Like there was a lot of sequels going on recently for Pixar and they were just everyone was kind of, I guess, getting annoyed with it. They wanted more original content, even though a lot of the original content that come out came out recently hasn't been up to par with like previous entries besides yeah. Turning Red. But uh, Lightyear you get that feeling of like, is this like that loophole where they're like, we're done with Toy Story, but here's this like, here's the movie within the movie. This is what inspired, this is what Andy yeah, watched I mean, that made him love Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, and that's like where it's interesting where it's it's not the character, like the toy character Buzz Lightyear that we know. It is the, like you said, the movie that that character, that that toy was based on. Yeah. So... It's very meta. But, they, but it's also strange because, like, well, I guess the toy would have gotten these things from the sh- from the movie. But, like, there were, like, I did appreciate a bunch of the references to, like, lines, all the lines that, and the, shit. that the toy yeah. actually said. Intelligent life and, like, you're yeah. mocking me, aren't you? And all this other shit. Yeah. Ground is surprisingly uh, bouncy or whatever shit. <laughs> yeah. You do, Ellie. Yeah, you do. It's, like, all Toy Story 1 references, specifically from that when he is still in quote-unquote i guess like movie mode before he becomes i'm a toy mode or yeah. I, not i'm a toy mode mrs nesbitt mode and then i'm a toy mode i still prefer mrs nesbitt mode oh god oh no i'm mrs nesbitt <laughs> she's got the fucking apron and stickers and shit he lost his mind <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> insane oh my god i i i guess it's crazy still to look back at toy story and look at the animation and how far they've come like oh for sure or just the when you look at the different versions of Andy through all the different movies, that's, I think that's the biggest thing is look at Andy. Uh, and that tells you everything you need to Dude, know. Dude, Toy Story 1 used to be my metric way back in the day of like when video games get better than this. Like, they'll you can't get any better in video games. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like, we passed that like way back in like the PS3 era. I was just like, whoa, this looks like a Pixar movie for sure. And I now you though... look at like Ratchet and Clank uh, ripped oh, apart yeah. and you're just like, Oh my god, this might look better than a Pixar movie. Dude, Ratchet and Clank is... Uh, you're talking about uh, Rift Apart? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was phenomenally, amazingly great looking. Holy shit. I wish I had a 4K TV for that game. It would have been even better. Dude, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Even with that one, it looked really good. But uh, yeah, I, honestly, I wish instead of Lightyear, they did um, Crazy Al's Chicken, the movie. Remember the huh? dude that's the, the dude that had the toy store in 2? that's kidnapped the guy that kidnapped woody he dressed up as a chicken oh yeah yeah i wish there was a movie about that i just want a chicken man that's it weird okay. i want it to be stupid i want it to be really stupid i just it's like i'm a chicken oh boy but then it gets really depressing and you're like this is a guy that like dresses up as a chicken and he collects toys and he lives by himself and he's alone and he's old and it's, it's like oh no this is really a, depressing it's a dark film. A collector it's so yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very dark depressing film about american commercialism and how it takes over your life and makes you lose all those you love but anyway uh light year it's uh it's okay it's not really special at all it was kind of whatever to be honest again it was like 
oh what was the first one we talked about um encanto encanto where it's like it's entertaining while i was watching it but i don't know if i'll ever get the urge to watch it again necessarily i I don't think i would personally uh i will say the biggest plus of this movie the biggest plus of this movie was its tech and it Mm. starts all the way back you know when we talked about soul you know we we talked how soul was like it was a fine story wasn't anything exceptional either but what really popped out was how much their lighting had improved. It felt like a it felt like a, a game going to a next generation console because it's like, oh my god, everything like you could see shadows and all this stuff. Like they really amped up their animation. Yeah. In no, for sure, Lightyear is like beautiful. To look a Lightyear at. is the best animated like Pixar film, obviously to date. Obviously, each entry is going to be better than the next, but um and just in terms of the feel like the it feels like there's almost jj abrams in the movie like there's like when the sun shines in the window and buzz is looking at the window i'm like oh my god there you could put lens flares in there jj abrams would love it yeah. uh but it, it just in terms of all the lighting the vast just differences and how it affects everything and they really make it feel like there's different forms of like day and night compared to like everything else it just felt very uh very much alive it's like it's like they introduced detail they introduced yeah. ray it's tracing like to, to detail too yeah they're like look we have ray tracing in, in light yeah. and they're like oh fuck there's ray tracing like it looked so fucking good uh that that's i guess the yeah, biggest the explanation pro. for why the like zerg is called zerg it's just like yeah no i i tried to teach the robots to teach uh, to say buzz but the closest they could get is zerg <laughs> What? that's what the right yeah that was the the writer was like what do, what do you how do we want to introduce what, what do you want to call him zerg and it's just like and that was the entire writer's room yeah. and then what if they were like what if you just can't pronounce it that's probably yeah. what happened i don't think they could figure it out uh but i guess like my biggest complaint of this movie is unlike turning red where we just said it does not like beat you over the head with the message. It's like relatable enough that you come to it on your own. This one, like from the get go, they were like buzz Lightyear is bad with like at working with teams. He does not like to ask for help. This whole movie is going to be him learning how to accept help from people. Yeah. Which again is a, it's a good message for people to learn, especially young kids. It's a message it already got in the but other Buzz Lightyear thing. movie. It's they do it's that like, in the other Buzz Lightyear movie, the animated one that's ba- like fucking cartoonish one. Yeah, it has the same exact message. But yeah, so it's like they not only is it a message that most people learn super early on in life anyway. It's just like it's so like hammered into you so it's it's like so ham-handed i guess yeah that it just is like instead of me but it doesn't have like from toy story it's just ham-handed i just want to clarify that so instead of it being like oh and that's a cool message it's me going like okay i get it like you said this in like the first scene or you don't need to have this reiterated like five times within the next hour and a half yeah uh i think aside from that like it just, yeah, it, it just felt really kind of forced with a lot of stuff that was going on. Uh, it didn't really, 
it feels funny because like you look at the animation for Lightyear and then you look back at like Onward, which was just right before that. It's right when the pandemic started. And it does feel vastly different. You're like, oh my god, these are like from the same people. Yeah, which but is it's also thing. different like styles, sort of. That is true, but at the same time, I think I had more laughs and enjoyment in Onward, ironically enough, when that movie yeah. was still kind of bland to me. Whereas Lightyear felt just yeah. like. They were really just focusing most, on the name Lightyear. Like most of my, yeah, for sure. Most of my laughs came from like the cat bot thing. <laughs> oh like, yeah, she's the, tr- the tranqu- yeah, she's the tranquilizer at the guard. And she's like, wait a minute, was that for me? If I like didn't calm if down, I came out of line. Yeah, he's it's just like, like, you five, I bought you five yeah, minutes. He's like, I bought you five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was, that was pretty good. It's just like every time he's processing, and his head just turns around. He's like, meow, 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 meow like that it's funny but it's like that that's like a a small distraction yeah it's like a handful of chuckles throughout like a hour and a half movie i did also kind of like the robot that they left behind that was like constantly trying to explain how to like get to a place but it was just taking too long yeah and it's hard to really i guess enjoy a lot of those scenes there were like three credit scenes there were three fucking credit scenes but it it was hard (sighs) to enjoy parts of the movie just because of how in your face they are with the premise because it Mm -hmm. is really i don't trust people oh okay i think i might trust people but something bad happens i don't trust people okay i think i might trust people a little bit something bad happens again i don't trust it's that it like literally keeps going on that rotation yeah at least three times each like even zerg his whole thing is like he's not actually buzz's father which is funny yeah, that was it's like a, <laughs> the Toy Story 2 reference. Yeah, it's like an even more future, like older Buzz who like never learned to like handle or like to um, own up to his problems and like accept help and stuff. And so he just like went far enough in the future that he found a machine that could go through time. And he's like, oh, perfect. I could just go back before I made my mistakes and fix everything. Yeah. And, you know. The whole thing, I will say, like, the, the strengths of this movie was, like, the whole consequences of space travel here. Because each time yeah. Buzz came back, a, you know, he saw um, Hawthorne's life progress. And his for didn't... him, it was, like, a few minutes space travel. But for everyone else, he was gone for, like, years. years. To the point where, like, uh, it was a Diaz, I think, the mechanic guy, was, like old and he was like helping him down the stairs like he couldn't even help yeah. him anymore and he pretty much the dude died they all died dude, everyone that buzz knew was dead. that was so sad when he finally came back and his like friend who was like the leader of the whole expedition was like gone and he's just like oh god it finally happened that's so sad he, yeah. he didn't get to say goodbye or anything and you even see like you know she's like oh we had a kid uh yeah. and then it's a son and you come back again the son's graduating oh the son has yeah. a kid and it's just like that was a, actually a really neat way to show like how much time was passing yeah that was like i said that was one of the strengths of the movie was that whole sequence of uh going through over and over and over that was honestly probably the best part of the movie uh and it portion. also shows like how much buzz like holds himself like responsible for stranding everyone there because he's like basically sacrificing himself and like keeping himself away from all his friends and stuff because he's like i need to fix this this is my fault yeah and by and you know by the time you you're doing all this stuff and then once that appreciation doesn't come in and you're kind of looked at as an outlier and at the end of it like you've become just 
jaded and angry and just depressed. And we see that with older Buzz where he's like, I did everything you did too. And when I finally came back and that guy that replaced her was there and he's like, we're going to arrest you. And he's like, after everything I've done, this is what I get. And, uh, you know, that, and after that, he's just alone with robots that entire time besides his version of socks. But that was incredibly depressing. And the whole thing was there was no redemption for him either. It was just like, this buzz can learn, but that one's just fucked. And it was just like, do that. That's horrible. Like that. It's not even like an evil villain. That's just a tragic person. That's just like a victim of their own uh, devices, more or less. Um, But yeah, they they got ultra depression in that part. I was just like, yeah, okay. Definitely got a little bit heavy with like Zerg's backstory for sure. Yeah, and even those fucking Zerg's name. It's just like okay. Yeah, that was definitely the dumbest part of the movie for me. And I felt it was even weirder when Buzz is just like, "So long, Zerg," and you're just like, "That's kind of fucked up," (laughs) but okay. Um, I do love how hyped the uh, the one scene where he uses his like jetpack wing thing. And it's like oh, not even yeah. the final suit, really. It's just like the pro emergency, thing. Yeah. emergency like ejection thing that helps him out. Yeah, yeah. Also, the f- the fucking dude's just voiced by Taika Waititi. I was like, oh, okay, funny. I was like, all right, this is this happening. But and then fucking that Chris Evans is Buzz, and they're like, I love their explanation why it's not Tim Allen. They're like, oh, because theatrical Buzz is Chris Evans, whereas toy Buzz is you know tim allen i'm yeah, like that's fine i, I don't like, really okay, care weird but you know if it was toy Story 4 and they did that i'd be angry but you know this is, I was just yeah. like all right yeah it's, it's fine whatever um yeah and like you said those ed credit sequences was like the the robot that no one gave a fuck about um laser yeah. shield and then uh the the final one was like zerg still alive hint like, sequel and they're like they're not actually done with sequels oh, I guess. okay i don't know what that means is that what the fuck does that mean uh, are you actually going to make a Lightyear 2 or, or no? You think they might do a Lightyear revival cartoon series? They could. They could. Uh, I don't know. So I think this brings in the last thing I want to talk about, which is just that, okay, for those that may not have known this, um, between Toy Story 2 and 3, they already did all this shit. Mm-hmm. They it did all this cartoon. shit. And it was, it started off. Dude, with I part- was so into it. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. It's a regular, it wasn't it like 2D traditional drawn uh-huh. animated, uh, animated show. It started off with the movie and it pretty much did some of the similar stuff. It wasn't like, if this one honestly felt a lot more limited because they tried to make it realistic with like, oh, it's all humans and stuff. And it's a weird like ragtag group of people. And it's not original. This movie is not original. This already happened in the original movie where Buzz's team is made up of a new cadet rookie who's a princess from another planet, a guy who was a janitor. Gets fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, a robot that at first Buzz is like, cool, he's a great partner, and he gets destroyed and rebuilt. When he's rebuilt, though, he's kind of fucked up in the head. Yeah. So he's just screw loose. Yeah. So a wacky robot, a cadet princess, and then a guy who's a janitor who also just gets into a suit. Dude, and, his species reminds me of the Krogan. I don't know why. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, the Krogan reminded me of his species because he came before the Krogan. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. think about that. Uh, Bauer is like, hey, we could do something with this. <laughs> it's a good idea. Write that down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what about the blue girl that could turn invisible? What if we give her tentacles and you could fuck her telepathically? Yeah. What if she could live a thousand years and, and mate with anything? 
<laughs> just Bioware people just watching Buzz Lightyear Star Command to get their ideas. <laughs> that would actually be really fun. Actually, Shepard isn't Shepard basically a space cop, more or less? Yeah. At certain points. So kind of Maybe actually Bioware did go just Dude, watch Buzz Lightyear Star Command. Now I'm really thinking about it. Anyway, so the point is like in that movie, he has a ragtag group that he ends up like, he literally is like, I work alone. I don't do this shit. And that though, his whole thing was I had a partner and he died and I, he's not going to be replaced by like these random people that I don't yeah. really care about. And I'll never it, let anyone else get hurt again. Yeah. And it's very much more like it feels like a full on cartoon adventure and it feels a lot more like this is something Andy would watch because it's a whole thing. The intro of that Mm-hmm. when they it's did the show it's a weekly cartoon it's a weekly cartoon and you actually see the toy story characters in toy story mm-hmm. run to go watch the show that andy also watches and it is a thing that goes on through that whole thing and it feels so much more in sync with that world especially because it feels like a cartoon whereas the pixar movie just feels like a more advanced version of toy story animation so it doesn't yeah. fit it just feels like they're watching something more advanced than they are in terms of animation technology. Uh, and they, oh my they God, do that right. Premise. That is weird. Yeah. It's super fucking weird. And so like having this being replaced by something they think is just smarter, even though they're shoving the fucking premise down your throat is poorly done. And I'm going to be honest, like turning red after I watched that, I'm like, I could watch that again in the future. I felt like oh, I absolutely. actually, I came from this learning more and thinking about it. I finished watching Lightyear and all I thought was, man, I really want to go watch the Buzz Lightyear Star Command movie and TV show mm-hmm. because I feel like it's I'm going to have a better time with it. And I always feel like if a show or movie makes you want to go watch something from before that you think is just better, that should tell you something about the quality of that show or movie compared like the CG to the Lion King movie where you're just like, nah, this is just like it, chief. It's as good, if not worse than the previous one. Yeah, where's Jungle Book movie? Did not make me want to go watch the animated one. I was like, this is actually good. This spun off on its own and did shit that the animated one did not do. And these things are possible where you can remake something in a fashion if it is advanced enough to do something better. But having it... Layer, actually, holy shit. It is basically the live action remake of uh, an animated classic, more or less. Because it went from... 2D traditional drawn to like the Pixar 3D type and you're just kind of like, oh, it's got Chris Evans, so it is pretty theatrical, huh? Dude, that would actually be hilarious if they ever did do a live action Lightyear movie because like, yeah, what if Andy did just watch a live action movie? Yeah, and even think about that intro in the beginning when they show like the, this is the movie Andy watched. They yeah. made it feel so fucking dramatic for Dude, a kid. Dude, I was so confused because I was like, wait, I thought it was a series. Why are they doing this? I don't know. And like, whereas, like I said, but the TV show, it felt so much more in that world because it was in that world. They're like, oh, we're excited mm-hmm. to go watch the fucking show because this is a kid's thing and we're just having a fun time. And the show is pretty good. Like that whole era of Disney Channel cartoons was just fun and enjoyable. Shit. And even if it was based off of a movie, you still had a good time. Even dude, fucking Tarzan, Aladdin, all those animated shows based off those movies. We're good. They were even if they, you changed like the voice actor for the main characters and stuff. Like Dude, as I a kid, had full enjoyment. Yeah, you you don't notice, and you're just having a fun time. Whereas this was just like I said, just like this is fine. Technically, like like I said, on a technological standpoint, it's very good. 
on a story standpoint and entertainment standpoint, I am indifferent to feeling like it's kind of mediocre, if I'm going to be really honest. I wouldn't call it good or even that much close to okay, even. Like, it was just kind of a letdown to me. Yeah, it's it's weird because like when I first watched Lightyear, like while I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is like a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be like a completely boring movie other than the fact that they, the like the moral is like beaten into your skull. Like, but yeah, the farther I got away from it, I was just like, uh, that movie was just kind of OK. I kind of forgot most of it. <laughs> yeah. So that's Lightyear. Uh, anything yeah. else before we move on to the fourth film? Nah, again, it's one of those things where it's like it's worth a watch, but a watch. Yeah, not that's about it. Watches, yeah. So Chippendale Rescue Rangers, this not spirit, not even close to spiritual successor to the animated yeah. series. No, they pull the whole a Roger very Rabbit strange thing where race, like yeah, somehow the Rescue Rangers show is a thing within the movie where like the actor Chip and Dale are actors that played in that movie so like that show or that show so that show existed but within that world yeah so yeah really weird and so like all right this movie there's like i said it's so weird that this is the one you could talk the most about but uh because there's so many references that i was just like How do we want to just hit the references this? first i think like so to yeah get that out of the way. it's the biggest part of the movie dude like when they got to like batman versus et i was like how are they making dc references like D- disney does not own that shit like so in the I sonic like a... paramount doesn't paramount produce sonic movies yeah so before we i guess like talk specifically about them i just want to like i don't have a full list but here's like a list of like what we see we see like tigra wonder woman transformers yeah. roger rabbit the chipmunks uh fucking uh you know we have other disney characters flounder lumiere whatnot um we have peter pan we have yeah batman versus et we have specifically the batman like the fucking movie cats we recently got specifically the batman from the snyder movies yeah shrek south park uh like randy marsh was in there multiple versions of seth rogan like monsters versus aliens and like every everything it's so insane how many like like this is more i felt like this they had a mrs doubtfire reference is like meryl streep is mr doubtfire (laughs) i feel like this beat out ready player one in terms of like having different oh yeah very much to the point they even had fucking muppets and like they had like claymate i want to say it was either clan it was like claymation right i want the the fucking police captain yeah he was like gumby right yeah he was basically gumby like i think what it's even more surprising to me than like the the more recent um space jam movie because that movie really ended up feeling like wb going like hey check out all the things we own it's it's as described even though i never watched it it is a wb execs uh wet dream yeah basically it's literally just like oh like see how many things we own like isn't wb awesome for owning all these things and but for chippendale rescue rangers I was just like, I thought this was a Disney movie. How are they making references to things they absolutely do not own? Like, so I guess I'm more interested in like how this movie was even made than the movie itself. Yeah, the amount of rights they get to it, it it's just insane. And I feel like, you know, for Disney, 
they probably had to pay who knows how much for each thing. But, you know, you have to remember, too, each thing they showed was there for legitimately two seconds. Like, each. dude, there, they, were there was very, like moment, they were there very shortly. There was a moment where a character knelt down on, like, the Hollywood star Walk of Fame. Chun and Lee. The, star, the star they were next to was Chun-Li. And I was like, how? What? What is going on with this movie? It's not surprising for that one, too, though, when you look at Wreck-It Ralph and because it's got Zangief in it. Yeah, that's fair. And Sonic also actually at that point, so I could see how they got Sonic and like Chun Li and some other characters and whatnot. Uh, the transform that was like, yeah, you have you have basically WB. Yeah, they had you have Paramount. Leg. You have uh, actually Paramount. Yeah, because Paramount has like everything from like South Park to um, I forget who else, but they even talk about fucking like having a sting operation where they actually tried to raid Nick Jr. I totally missed that. What? <laughs> yeah. So remember the they said like the the cop that they're working with. I forget what her name oh, is. Oh, that was the raid that she like. Yeah, messed they, up they tried or... to raid Nick Junior. The fucking like toddler version of Nick stuff that's on like during weekdays in like weird. afternoons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That that was really weird. And they're like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, run into a bunch of Rugrats again? Because they're like, yeah, yeah. They, the cartoons attacked them. Oh, that's and when they, they think about joke. it. You're like, wait, so did they fucking fight Rugrats? Like, what is that? What they meant? Like. Was the, the Rugrats have guns? What happened? <laughs> Who died? Is Chucky okay? Like, what? <laughs> Who knows what happened there? That was really weird. Uh, so, uh, what was the main character's? Like, the dad who's like, I've lost control of my life. Oh, Stu Pickles? Stu is just like, he finally had, uh, like, he finally cracked. <laughs> finally cracked. He was, he was fucking stirring the pudding and then the fucking police ran in and he was just like, ah! <laughs> Stabbed someone with a spoon and shit. Like, who He'll knows? never take me alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah but um the animation i guess like you know we saw all these licenses it was insane it was crazy holy shit we got that out of the way dude even um, like they didn't even ask paramount for like the actual sonic model they were like no 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 no, no. we want specifically ugly sonic if you and they even it. put it on there as ugly sonic yeah and, they up just called him that and he keeps coming back he, he was in there like three or four times dude i straight up i will say i did laugh like the amount of times they had a character just like start to lose their shit because they were they couldn't stop staring at his weird teeth yeah so i will say like this movie is good and bad in different ways in the good way it like has somehow is able to pull off these amount of licenses which in, you know is a much more expanded fact of what they did with who framed roger uh, who framed roger rabbit where roger rabbit was a disney film but it had so many different licenses in it like it had like you see donald duck and yeah. daffy duck literally fighting each other at one point and there's so many other characters there's a fucking baby smoking a cigar it's actually like a grown man somehow he's like hey toots i'm a baby and he's like cigar and you're like oh <laughs> disney a classic old disney was fun uh and a man literally gets fucking steamrolled and then comes back alive and then burns an acid, I think. <laughs> I killed your brother! Remember that whole... That was a whole thing. The weasels laughed themselves to death. Like, people it's, died. It's, it's been crazy. a while since I watched Roger, uh, Roger Rabbit, honestly. Oh, it's a good time still, honestly. It's great. I fucking love that movie. No, but, that movie's, like, really well done. Like, in... It's... That's another thing where, like, that's a good movie to reference just because of, like... It's very similar in style in terms of, like, how the world is set up. Where yeah. it's, like, there's people and animated characters but a lot of what didn't work for me for rescue rangers is just like it felt cheap because you look at very cheap 
you look at who framed who framed Roger Rabbit, and that movie was done like decades ago, and they they spent so much time and effort to rotoscope in these like two D characters because they didn't have the two D traditionally drawn because they didn't characters. have the ability to do like fully three D models and like do it on computers and shit. They had to do it by hand, and that shit took time and it was expensive, and it was really hard to make it look good to yeah. have it make it look like the real people were actually interacting with the cartoon characters. And so you look at that movie that's decades old and it still looks amazing. And then you look at rescue Rangers and you're just like, I can tell that these supposedly 2d characters are a fully 3d model. And you just put like, not even a good cell shaded uh, filter over it. Like it, it looks just cheap. Yeah. Like they didn't want to spend a lot of money on it because they they thought they didn't have to because it's like, oh, we'll just do it on computers. It's so much easier nowadays. Of course, it'll look good in the end. And, you know, they have various animation styles throughout this entire film. And they do have like, here's the thing. They do have traditional 2D animation, like traditional drawn 2D animation. Yeah. But it's very much akin to just side characters that are there in the background very very briefly who have limited movement that aren't that long so it's not like the most difficult thing to do compared to all the traditionally drawn movies we have ever seen ever compared to those uh we have other things like i don't you know you know i'm not gonna gonna count the fucking muppets but you have muppets you have all the other animations like the the south park animation you have one muppet that was like you a cop (laughs) yeah yeah which Uh, you know we can get to later like there's even South Park, like Randy Marshes in there. So you have like that paper animation. You have um, My Little Pony animation. You have like yeah. classic 80s trans- Transformers and He-Man animations. Um, all these different ones that are there. And I will say at least in terms of throwing in all these varying things together was something that was really cool that they did. Well, yeah, and they I did straight up have like He-Man and, and Skeletor like at a convention. Doing like a panel, yeah, or yeah. like a meet and greet, one of the two, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing under the table, you numbskull. <laughs> You're not wearing any pants. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that was great. Uh, the other thing being that the main characters here so chip and dale and even like any other character that's animated that's shown for a certain amount of time gadget monterey jack the classic rescue ranger characters those four they look like absolute fucking shit yeah they look bad they look fucking horrible and so here's the thing uh before they do like dale's uh cgi surgery to make Dude, that bothered cg because yeah. they that was like not even that funny a joke and they had to stick with it for the entire movie entire movie and so for the entire movie the two main characters are literally in like two different animation styles entirely and that was just like weirdly distracting for me yeah and the other thing being like when you look at all of them when they're supposed to be quote-unquote 2d uh they're all still in 3d they are all 3D really with a 2D, 2D like fucking sh- uh, cell shading on it. And that's how they were able to make them look 2D. But then when you honestly look at them, they look like shit. They're like the animations just look really fucking bad, like horrible quality, just bad. Not I good think it's at all. Like, and they I understand that they lowered the frame rate on like those characters moving to try to match 
a 2D art style, but it looks artificially done because it yeah. is. And when you look at it too, like um, I get why they couldn't do better. And it's because of two things, money and time. The yeah. budget, they weren't given a proper budget to really utilize those and they weren't given the time to traditionally draw. Like I said, there is traditional 2D animation in there, but it's with characters that don't matter that are in the background very briefly. Whereas yeah. the characters that are on screen the entire film, they can't pull it off, especially because, you know... It would have taken significantly more time to do And that, also, right? you know, they're like, oh, you know, and what happens if the character has a change in what they're doing? Then we have to scrap it and draw mm -hmm. that from the beginning. And it's like, yeah, that's isn't that what you guys used to do when you made 2D animated movies that were, like, better in terms of quality than your current retinue? But okay, sure. Remember Mary Poppins? Honestly, like, I'm never... Uh, I, the fucking those older movies are always gonna be better than these current ones. Oh yeah. No matter what, like they're the amount of what they can pull off with the two D animation was always better than what you can do with all the CGI bullshit. Which you know sometimes they do good, but they're never gonna be as good. They will never be as good, unless they somehow make it even more dynamic because they feel so much more limited, very much more limited. Yeah, I think uh, it's like one of the things I like to say all the time is you generally get out of something what you put into it. Yeah. So if they went into it saying you know we don't have to do it the old way because that takes more time and more money we could do it on computers and it'll look 90 percent as good and it just it you end up seeing just the 10 like it could have been much better or whatever like it's it didn't it wasn't worth them saving all that money i guess if they yeah. wanted to make an actually good movie yeah so yeah they look like shit um and it, it's very visible like i'm not being like i had to look closely to see it it was just like oh this looks like shit it was just like instantaneously like this is bad no and it's they like they don't fit at all another and then, thing like yeah um uh love death and robots like there are some animations in that where i'm like it's so close to realistic that i'm like is this even animated still? And it, it's like the whole thing is animated. Mm -hmm. This one, I was like, there was not a single moment where it's like, oh, is that 2D or is it 3D? Like, I, it was very obvious the whole time. And then um, the whole thing, you know, kind of still comparing to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. When you look at Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the live action to animated dynamic there works so well like it they just i don't know if it was maybe they did all the filming of the live action first and then like they they moved the animated around that and whatnot i think but it was that but for this one it felt so just like stiff so unenergetic like you were saying to me about the cop uh how yeah. she didn't feel like she fit with the animated characters at all like it just didn't feel like she felt like a robot and i was telling you i was like you know she's there acting on her own and there's no bob hoskins energy or what yeah. like honestly energy of that whole set basically having you be like yeah just act like this do this do that this one is just like good luck it's it felt just like they you. gave her very little direction and they were just like just say the lines yeah she was just kind of stuck she was in a rock and a hard place like i don't even i'm not even yeah. judging her like she was just kind of like this is what i got oh boy uh otherwise um that was, I guess, the dynamics of, you know, having the nostalgia there of those different things, which I will say, too, going back briefly to it, 
they had all this different cameos, all these different characters, and it's fun and all, but a lot of the times nowadays, you see a lot of that stuff, nostalgia and everything else, because it is a substitute for plot and story Mm -hmm. to really just, like, have something concrete. And they're covering... It's like the cheap cement that covers the holes that you know are still, like, right there where the plot is, and you're just like, oh, cool, this is nice, but, you know, I could still... The damage wasn't fixed. You didn't you didn't fix the damage. You just kind of put something cheap in front of it to get me to be distracted. Yeah. Like, I honestly keep forgetting that the plot of this movie involves, like, Peter Pan, of all people, like, essentially kidnapping people and using this weird machine to make the cartoons look cl- like knockoff versions of themselves. And then either selling them to like bootlegging studios across the seas or also maybe doing his own bootlegging studio in the back room. Like, yeah, they, they seem to say both, which, you know, going into it, um, for Disney to say that is the funniest shit considering yeah, that they're the most like strict on copyright. They I saw that. Kill Someone you. pointed that out on a YouTube uh, review and I was like, oh yeah, that is fucking weird, yeah. right? It's a big, th- I mean, that's always been a thing. And it, it's also funny when they say overseas too, when you know they tailor to China a lot at the same time. And that China is, is the weirder, primary, yeah. that is China is the lead bootleg market easily. Oh yeah. So that was also funny. Just like the irony there where, I get what they're trying to do, and some of the titles were funny and stuff, and the animations were funny, but it's just like when a corporation's trying to make fun of something, but it's the corporation you know that's fucked up doing this shit at the same time. It's literally Disney saying like, like copyright or stealing our shit is bad. Don't do it. Yeah, in a comedic way. Uh, So that was fucking weird. And also, guys, want you to really think about this. It's so fucked up. Uh, You know, James points out, you know, if they're making this stuff in that back lot area, in like the warehouse or whatever, and they're not actually like doing this stuff overseas, why are there a bunch of the characters stuck in a cargo container? Yeah. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Why are there a bunch of characters in a cargo container? Why is this fucking... they're doing human trafficking were they selling them to people across the sea or were they just keeping them there like either way it's human it's just human trafficking and it's just kind of like um yeah yes disney all right yeah (laughs) okay disney thanks for putting human trafficking in your movie i in in a comedic fashion i appreciate it just got turned into like an amalgamation monster of like 10 different things with the woody leg you see like the fucking woody yeah leg yeah for like some a, a woody leg and like an optimus prime leg and he, his head was a, a cat head like it's weird yeah uh yeah so there's that there's that whole aspect of like that weird shit with human trafficking and i think the he also copyright. literally had a wreck it ralph arm too he did because he says i'm gonna wreck it at one point yeah God, yeah so that, that was, was so also weird. fucking weird uh, the other thing being like, like we said, we, we talked about from Roger Rabbit, that comparison and how that felt more in line with everything else it was doing. And it, the messaging in that too, I felt like was a lot more clear compared to this. Like this is just fucking bullshit distractions. I felt like it was just showing consumerism in your, in your face instead of a story where Hugh from Roger Rabbit felt like an actual fucking story and it had stakes and it felt like you were actually like 
learning something that could be like fucked up or something like there's a form of racism or something in there who knows like i mean, I mean we know actually but there, like you get that feeling in there when you're watching it whereas like when you're going through this um you have peter pan as the villain and i could see this going one of two ways one being a 90 percent chance i think of the way it was the other being a 10 percent chance and I guess there's like a third option that's like 5% because fuck, I don't believe that they would ever be this fucking tone deaf or stupid about no, it. I think this just like happens to be a coincidence of I don't think well, that's the thing. I, I don't think it's actor. I don't think it was a coincidence that of what they chose exactly. So we have Peter Pan is the villain. He is a uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I acted as Peter Pan in this movie. And then afterwards, yeah, I, I got a like a star for like a second. And then I got acne and all this stuff and no one wanted to hire me and it put me into this life of crime I have now because that's what I had to do to yeah, survive. My I only guess. option. Yeah. And in real life, the actor that voiced Peter Pan in the Disney animated film uh, was named uh, Bobby Driscoll. And he actually did go through all of that. He had acne yeah. and all this stuff and it did well, destroy and once his he hit career. Puberty, his voice changed. So yeah. he couldn't play like super high-pitched young actors anymore because before that he characters. was besides peter pan he was in live action movies so he uh. couldn't act fit like he couldn't act visually he couldn't do voices anymore and he basically it destroyed his career and you basically said hey let's take that character of all characters yeah that in tragic the story fucking retinue and, there and make, and him, make him a the make him the villain with the comedic thing and have him have no redemption no like hey there's a better way or something like hey, i'm sorry you were forgotten all this other shit they're just like nah just fucking arrest me he's like a piece of shit fucking time up hannibal style and all this other shit so that was very in that was incredibly tone deaf of them that's actually them just like that's basically if a few years they went like hey let's like make john boyega the villain in another disney movie because like he <laughs> he's uh based off of a character who uh was committed with racism from disney and basically diminished his character because he was black to appease China. Uh, you know, that's that's fine, right? Let's just do that and uh, make him the villain later on. It, it's the same fucking thing. And then they're just like, ha ha, isn't that funny, guys? And it's just like... Isn't that so meta? <laughs> yeah. Okay. you got, It's like, you it's guys are the ones that caused the problem. And then everyone's looking at the problem and you go and walk to to the people that are also still viewing the problem. And they're like, isn't that crazy guys? What a hoot. And they're just like, no, this is pretty serious, dude. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know that's, what you're talking about here. That's still one of the biggest disappointments of the like sequel trilogy. was just like Finn, the idea of a turncoat stormtrooper Who's like, this is too crazy for me. I'm out. And he like joins the resistance. Super interesting. And then they just do like nothing with him. Yeah. And they just shit on. They, you just get shit on pretty much. And John Boyega is like such a good actor too. He is. I've seen him in multiple things now. And it's proven that he's fucking great. And he was great in Star Wars. Like in Force Awakens. He was fucking good. Oh like, yeah. I forgot he was British too. Watching that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then in. Uh, uh, God. The, the Last Jedi. They were just like. But what if he was funny though? And what if he just uh, sucked? What if he, what if he was a joke the last though? Movie? Yeah. So you get the whole thing of like all the fucked up shit there is with Peter Pan and that whole aspect that they chose to do with it. Uh, and was that the Coca-Cola polar bear? So that was the Coca-Cola polar bear. And then there was like Uncanny Valley fucking dwarf Seth Rogen. That, which I will dude, say that whole were, joke of like his eyes were like 
lifeless and he could you couldn't he's tell what like he i'm was looking right at you at. guys and he's like staring there <laughs> obviously i'm staring right at you yeah so i guess you know to end that note of like disparity like yeah comparisons to who from roger rabbit and the messages it gave versus what this one gives uh the animation styles and then like the tone deafness of peter pan are the three biggest negatives, uh, which in that animation includes, of course, like the shitty fucking versions of Chippendale, of course. Yeah, just but, the cheap, uh, the yeah. cheap feeling nature of the movie. Yeah, the whole thing. Which I will say, at least for um, Peter Pan, who knows, they could have just done that on purpose to point out the uh, thing that happened in the past as like a satire of just like, yeah. hey, this happened, and you should know this history. But at the same time, if that was true, then they wouldn't have painted him as a full evil villain. Instead, they would have given him redemption to just point it out more, yeah. but instead they didn't. So I want to say that wasn't actually satire. There was just, there were just some just fucking Peter shitting Pan on. did have like one funny joke though. And like he was running through the convention and someone dressed as a lost boy. Uh, no, that was song. the actual lost boy. And he's oh, like, what, what happened? He's like, he's like, yeah, you got old. He's like, death comes, death's coming for us all, kid. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was pretty fucking funny. Uh, um, so uh I will say the two funny parts that made me fucking laugh. Like I was actually dying because it's one of those things where it's so ridiculous. You'd be in the theater fucking kill, like just dying. Uh, one was the many versions of Seth Rogen, which I did enjoy. Yeah. And I, I realized I just enjoy Seth Rogen. That was which... so weird. I was like, oh my God, he has voiced so many characters. So he's like, you know, he's the weird CGI dwarf that is from the early 2000s and it's horrible. And we see him with then Pumbaa. The live-action Pumbaa. Mm -hmm. Not live-action. The live-action animated Pumbaa. It's so fucking... What a stupid movie that Lion King movie was. But uh, there's that. There's this mantis from something that I honestly don't Yeah, I, I don't know. recognize that one. And then there's Blob from Monsters vs. Aliens. And they're all basically standing over the dwarf. And they're just like... <laughs> yeah, they all do the same laugh. And I'm just like, oh, it's so fucking weird. It's, it's so like, fucking weird, but it was very satisfying. It's like inception but for how many layers of meta can we do yeah i will say it made me do it did make me think and i'm like honestly blob is still my favorite animated version of seth rogan uh if mm. you guys haven't watched it yet i will honestly highly suggest watching monsters versus aliens that is, is it actually movie. still good yeah i'd say it's really good it even has stephen colbert as the president and he's like i'm going to communicate with the aliens and he puts out a keyboard and starts like and then he's like i think i reached them and then they start shooting at him <laughs> it's so yeah. stupid uh yeah so there's the seth organ part and then the other part that caught me so just fucking left field hit me i was not ready for it was when they first start going through like the cgi early 2000s like i guess like neighborhood you see an alleyway in that alleyway, oh, alleyway yeah, are the two fucking funny. cats from like the movie cats just fighting yeah <laughs> i was fucking dying i couldn't believe they've uh, done that oh my god it was so fun that was good that was really whoever came up i was that not expecting that that was, was fucking, fucking genius that was, that was so stupid I, that was great uh there was something else though that was really disturbing in this yeah. and i think so that's this, the thing. Is, this movie did yeah. have like funny moments for sure it had moments yeah for sure. Uh, I have two other... Like, one thing is just more of a nitpick, and it's something that... I mean, it's not the biggest thing for me, but I think it's a bigger thing for people that really liked her when they were in their childhood, and also people that might be furries that are thinking this is really fucked up. <laughs> but, you know, we all know Gadget. And if you did watch the Rescue Rangers show, like, I, I, remember, I remember parts of it. I do want to go back and watch it again, along with, like, all the older Disney stuff. But uh, 
she pretty much was like in a, I don't want to say a love triangle with Chip and Dale. I think her, I feel like there was a thing more between her and Chip, if I remember correctly. But like, she would always like do little romantic fun things with like Chip and Dale. And in the show, I'm pretty sure like it was the four of them and then the fly. And the fly was not really like a full team member with them. Like a whole, like I'm like a, a intelligent person it was like the fly was like i'm kind of like the pet i'm kind of like the dog right and in this movie gadget married the fly and had a bunch of weird mouse fly children yeah and then you really it honestly because i'm not a kid i'm an adult and because unfortunately then i'm an adult i had to comprehend what i was seeing and i'm like yo so the mouse fucked the fly and you know, you know how flies are. They lay a bunch of eggs and they're also kind of parasitic. So the fly had a bunch of fucking eggs in the mouse. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's so fucking disgusting. Well, it's weird for multiple reasons. Because, like, so for the purposes of this movie, she didn't literally marry, like, basically, like, a dog-level, like, intellect uh, cartoon. In this movie, like, they literally do a joke where, like, the fly, like, clears its throat and it's, like, can fully speak and it's, like intelligent it's like literally just like a a full-on person and so that means that either just for the sake of the show they had a person basically act like a dog like their pet the whole time which is fucked up or yeah she basically just like married the dog and had a bunch of like hybrid children a bunch of hybrid fucking fly mouse babies and like like I said, fly larva, uh, you know. Yeah, weird. Kind of fucking weird that I have to think about this. You made me think about this. I hate yeah. that you did this God to damn me. It, Disney, why did you make me like, think about this? Like, why would you even think I would want to even know about this? Like, that's not something that would ever enter my mind voluntarily. Or even as a kid go, hey, what would be like if a mouse and a fucking fly fucked or something? It's just like, no. No one thinks about that. So the fact that it's not even an animal, it's an insect. That's even more horrifying. Yeah, like, Jesus. Realistically, they would not be able to ma- like actually mate. <laughs> yeah, it makes. I'm like, and like make you, a child. Y'all are watching too much Big Mouth. Jesus Christ. So yeah. like, uh, I someone I will say like if someone in uh one comment I saw was like I feel like they did this just to like shit on I guess potential fans of the old show or like the people that really liked Gadget specifically maybe. I don't know. I don't really know who anyone that was like a big Gadget fan. But then again, that was like years ago. So I don't know what that fandom I'm sure would look like nowadays. a lot of kids. She was probably their first crush. I think so. I mean, like with the voice and everything else and the way they try to always make the animals look like cutish, I guess, would make yeah. sense, honestly. Thank God it was fucking Kimberly the Pink Power Ranger for me. Thank fucking God. Holy shit. I was saved, guys, because she's human. <laughs> uh, good times. Uh so there was that and then uh what was the other thing oh yeah the the biggest thing here the voices john mulaney and andy samberg and you know they acted that really was who the other one was you know they acted really hard because you know they sounded like john mulaney and andy samberg it was yeah. i think okay they do have an explanation for why they don't sound like chip and dale yeah just like that apparently they, they just did those voices for the for the show for the show yeah so until they start life, getting they really unless they get really heated arguing and then you notice they like do go back into the squeaking style yeah which is kind of weird 
how that would work then because that means they're acting in heat in the heat of the moment they're acting then right with that i, know. I that just assume that that's like a chipmunk thing where it's like if they get if they t- talk fast enough they get like high pitched but uh I guess so, but it's just like you couldn't get a voice actor that could pull that off anymore. Like at least try to. Dude, you could do I mean, that I with get, computers. I guess with I, uh, with all the things that they were doing with computers for this movie, they could have used a computer to filter the voices to make them sound closer. To like Chip they could and have pitch shifted it easily. They could have they still could have used the same shift. actors and yeah. just still just yeah pitch shifted them. So, I think I had an especially hard time with John Mulaney because one, he didn't try at all to change his voice but two he's already in another animated show that is so fucking like easy to identify now which i i just mentioned it unfortunately because i have watched a good amount of it i don't think i've watched all of it i think i stopped at a certain point i think point. i stopped watching big mouth around season two and i was like but the show's um, fun but eh. what's what's uh, is it um i forget the dude's he's name. the jewish kid yeah what was his name it's been so long, I don't remember anyone's name. In but that. he's the kid that basically masturbates ridiculously a lot. Like, all of his personality basically is masturbating. Honestly, I'm not even yeah. joking. But the voice is exactly the same. So the whole time, I'm just thinking that's that character in the form of a fucking CGI chipmunk. That's how I was feeling because they didn't even try to differ- differentiate Did he also voices. voice Timon in the recent No, movie? that was... That was uh, I don't think that was him. That was... Um, Wait, was that John Mulaney? I'll look it up while you're while you're talking. Okay, because that I feel bad then. Those, no, I, that couldn't have been John Mulaney. He was. Uh, you said for Timon, right? Yeah. The Lion King. No, that wasn't him. Because that oh, was. No, um, it was Billy Eichner. Yeah, Billy Eichner, which I love. Billy Eichner, he's he's good. Uh, that's why I was like, nah, it couldn't have been him. Yeah. So no, yeah, wrong. John Mulaney didn't even like. Isn't he a comedian? yeah yeah so just stick to comedy don't do this uh <laughs> he's fucking yeah so he's like doing Damn, this dude like, fucking hey have you seen it yeah fuck, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna fucking shit nah, i don't I'm give just, a fucking yeah, mix millions of dollars i'll say it again yeah. <laughs> i don't give a two shits no i'm sure uh, he was paid fine for this movie yeah no he's paying yeah i don't give a fuck uh john mulaney sounded hor- like he just i don't want to fucking hear john mulaney in the voice in the form of a chick monk especially one so iconic as dale and yeah. Andy Samberg, uh, or no, it's Chip. And then Andy Samberg is Dale. Didn't help either. Like, it's just so... And I love Andy Samberg. Don't get me wrong. It's just like I'm hearing Andy Samberg. And I'm just like, that's not yeah. Dale. That's Andy Samberg. At least try to... Like I said, yeah, just try to pitch shift. But it didn't work for me at all. Like, it, it just kind of de-specialized these two iconic characters that you've always enjoyed you like watching the little classic cartoons of rescue rangers are just like their little shorts where like they'd get chased around by maybe like donald duck or some shit and they're just fun because they just do classic disney cartoons i guess now that i think about it it's another instance of just like it feels like they didn't want to put the effort in to make an Mm -hmm. actual rescue rangers movie because they didn't bother to like make the characters sound like their original characters they were just like even let's just get recognizable actors and just like have them talk i mean if they couldn't even pull this off do you think they could have even been could they have properly executed a chip and dale movie at this point now or rescue rangers like do you think they could have pulled it off or do you think it would have sunk already like are they i don't know i'd yeah, like to I'd like are they to capable think, anymore i'd like to think if they wanted to do an actual rescue rangers movie and not 
this thing where it's like, what if Rescue Rangers was just um a show within a Roger Rabbit style universe? Like, I'd like to think that they would actually put the effort into making at least Chippendale sound like Chippendale from the series. But they could also just as easily have done exactly what they did and just be like, no, it's new and different now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? But that's pretty much... Maybe they were like, not sure how many, how popular these characters still are nowadays. And we're like, let's not... Like, if we're going to gamble on this movie, let's not gamble too much money on it. Yeah. So if, so if it's a, a loss, then at least it's not a huge loss. That's true. But, I mean, it's also, it's only on Disney+. Plus. It's not even theatrical, too, at the same time. So I get, like, yeah, that always limited amounts. Makes things a little shit. bit more complicated. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, <laughs> I hate to say it. I guess that makes sense why... Uh, Zaslav's like, yo, we're not doing fucking HBO Max movies. We want full budgeted theatrical fucking big hit films that are going to be like fully like funded and everything else with like high quality or potential high quality if they might not always be, but that's what it seems like they're doing. Whereas Disney Plus like, yeah, everything can go on here and then we see everything and we go, oh no. <laughs> not again. Uh, yeah. So, especially... There's an, I will say, you guys, um, there was an IGN article recently on She-Hulk VisFX, which actually is a bunch of uh, people that worked on Marvel VisFX stuff speaking out about it. And it's very, very insightful. It's probably the, one of the best articles I've read about the entertainment industry in a while. But it pretty much is like, it's not the VisFX artist's fault. It's like they're getting underpaid because their companies are like bidding. Lo- like it's like the bidding isn't disney bidding for these companies it's these companies bidding to be contracted with disney so they're going mm. lower and lower on how much they'll get paid by disney to do these projects and then with that that sounds this- fun yeah so then those artists are getting then how much money really and then they're putting how much time into work and also like marvel's pretty uh, apparently they're pretty horrible in terms of like going in and being like oh do this again like more than anything else, they're like very, very, very picky where they'll keep making them do something over and over and over like 50 times of the same type of sequence because they're not like pleased with it. Um, but that's it. Like I said, just read this article. It's very interesting. Uh, in, in terms of like Chippendale and all this stuff, I don't blame the people that worked on it in terms of like the, the average everyday artist that's doing this. They're doing the best they can. But the whole thing is like we talked about limited budgets, limited time and how many different projects that are going on. They have to try very hard to do all this shit, and they're probably wrecking themselves, working who knows how long to get this shit done, and getting very little in return for it. So, yeah, I'm, I feel sorry. Uh, I mean, it's not going to stop me from like grading how fucking horrible some of this shit is, but it's just I feel bad for them though at the same time, and I hope things will get better for them, and that you know if things get better, better quality can be put out because the companies will put more into them into these projects for this kind of thing. But I think I think we're at, uh, we reached our time limit again, yeah. and that is it for today, guys. Uh, but yeah, that's been Sutra Side Talk. Oof, no proud family. Sorry, I was going to try to talk proud family. All oh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this has been uh, our show. If you want to contact us, uh, you can email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail dot com. Uh, send us comments, feedback, or uh, questions you want us to read on the show. We can answer it. Uh, you can also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Sutra Side Talk. You can follow James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. You can follow me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. Uh, you can um, 
subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. If it's Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. If it's Spotify, please rate us. And if it is uh, YouTube, please give us a like for that episode. Besides just subscribing, that always help us out a lot, guys, especially since we don't have any paid version for you guys to give us money for. So this is the best thing right now. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, this is coming out while I'm in Atlanta, being busy. Uh, Sidewatch-wise, we have two episodes coming out, or one episode already out, Sugarland, uh, Sugarland Express, uh, Spielberg's first theatrical film. And then uh, this week after this episode will be Amblin. So it's an episode on uh, one of Spielberg's short films. And if you notice, you know, the title Amblin, Amblin, that is actually what his studio is called. So we wanted to talk about the short film that the studio got its name from. And also kind of talk about Spielberg's early early career. So that's going to be going on. And uh, for this show in the future, there's plenty to talk about, you know, um, there's a bunch of shows going on, so there's going to be plenty of those to discuss. But otherwise, uh, in terms of backlog, there's going to be a lot of stuff for me to just kind of get off my chest finally. Everything from Tremors, Powered Family, Gundam, Pirates of the Caribbean, Mayans, uh, a movie called fucking Velocipaster, uh, talking maybe a bit about like Ponyo and uh, maybe a couple other things. But uh, there's plenty of that. There's like games like The Cycle Frontier, hopefully Injustice 2, uh a recent update on like hunt showdown and stuff like that so there's plenty to talk about we just haven't had the time to really get through it all because there's been a lot of movies shows to talk about finishing up like destiny uh talk and then big news like gamescom coming out of nowhere so it's been kind of like taking our time away too of like what a lot of time we want to put into the each episode instead goes to all that stuff but um, I think hopefully when I come back, James, we will have time to like really hit our backlogs again, uh, and just try to get some of that done, but we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, otherwise until next week, catch y'all later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>